DJ PK, and we're joined now by Jeff Ferrato, publisher of Cal Maven. He covers the Cal Bears. Jeff, good morning. Hey, how you guys doing today? We're doing all right. We're doing all right. I'm curious. You know, we Are have you people. Freezing when I get there uh, this week. Uh, Not as bad as last week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very good. I mean, you're going to think it's, it's cold. It's 75 here today. <laughs> as as two guys who lived in California, I grew up in California. Uh, you're going to think it's cold. You know, but okay. Ber- Berkeley gets cold, so cold's not bad. You can live with that. You're I'll be gonna, ready. You're not going to freeze. So here's a question. Is the Cal offense going to be ready? Because the Cal defense has been remarkably consistent. They've been good. But an offense that never broke 30 points with Garbers at quarterback, but always got to 20, now suddenly can't get to 20 with Monster there. Is anything going to change? Or did you watch that Utah-ASU game and think uh, Cal's, Cal's going to struggle, struggle to do anything? Uh, the latter. <laughs> Absolutely. They're going to struggle. Um, you know, Chase Garbers is not walking through that door this week. Maybe maybe after the bye or a week or so after that, they, they do hope to get him back this season, but it's not going to be yet. Uh, we don't even know if Modster can play. And, you know, we don't really know much yet about Spencer Brash. He was put in the most impossible situation, played two series trailing. Uh, the last time he got the ball, they had it on the eight-yard line with – 57 seconds left and no timeouts, and he had no chance. I mean, he might be a good player someday, but it's going to be an awful lot to get him up to speed in time to play this defense. So I'd say it's going to be a real struggle for Cal's offense this week. You look at Garbers, and they were 4-0, right? And and I think they were leading when he went out against the Devils. And basically, their had, offense is just falling off the face of the earth. That's, I mean, he was that important? They don't have somebody else who can at least do something? Well, I think we're all a little surprised by the drop-off from him to Garbers because they did compete in the spring and in fall camp for the starting job. Right. But the situation is more complicated than just the quarterback. Um, their offensive line is, is pretty much gone. They lost one starter before the first game, one starter – in the first game, those guys aren't back. They're not coming back. They've lost a third starter, the center, Michael Safel, um, didn't play in the last game after being hurt in the Oregon game. And then a fourth starter, uh, Valentino Deltoso, who flips back and forth from uh, tackle to guard, currently is playing guard, um, uh, has been kind of limping around for the last month. Uh, he's trying to play, but he's not at his best. But basically, they're playing with a very young, inexperienced offensive line. They're getting experience because they've been playing much of this season, but these are the guys they thought would be their backups. Um, and so that's really hurt them. They had, you know, they gave up nine sacks to Oregon State for crying out loud. Um, it's hard to imagine what it might be this week. Um, you know, I, I think I had a guy who actually emailed me and said, Can they put in the Wildcat? And I mean, people are desperate for looking for ideas for for different ways Cal can approach its offense. Um, I think they just need to get healthy, and that's not going to happen in time for Utah. So it's going to be a problem. So basically, regardless of anything else, that offensive line isn't going to be able to block Utah's defensive line. So it comes down to then, can the defense win the game? I mean, this is shutouts are rare in college football, but if you hold a team to 10 points or less, you got a chance. The defense has been really good this year. All the numbers say it. The eyeball test says it. Can the defense be that good? Well, that, that's obviously a question. That, you know, I, <clears throat> I think even if Cal's offense was healthier, they would have a hard time against this Utah defense, which looks tremendous, uh, especially against the run. 
Um, the problem with Cal's defense, um, and they have been very good and very consistent, but the one difference between what they did last year and what they're doing this year is last year they generated turnovers. They had 21 interceptions last year, which I believe was second in the nation. They have three this year. That's it. After seven games, um, they're stopping the, you know, they're holding teams to 18 points a game, which is very good. It's not Utah good, but it's good. Um, but they're not taking the ball away. They're not giving their offense short fields. They're not creating those situations that give them easy scores that they really need because this is an offense that has a hard time driving 70, 80 yards. Um, so, and you know, Utah does not turn the ball over much. Um, I suppose if Huntley were unable to play, one of the backups got in and, and coughed it up once or twice, or they forced a couple of turnovers, that might help Cal stay in the game. They really do need to win the turnover battle. Excuse me. They need to win the turnover battle. They need to create some short fields. And if they if they can do that, well, maybe they stay in the game. If they don't do that, I don't see any way they can um, compete. So their goal now, after being ranked and all that, is it simply just to get bowl eligible? Well, yeah, and all of a sudden, you know, how easy does that look? UCLA suddenly, admittedly, was against a Stanford team that has kind of the same problems Cal has with offensive line and quarterback issues. But suddenly, you know, UCLA showed some signs of life last week, and, um, you know, Cal hasn't beaten – Stanford since the Truman administration. So, you know, we don't know if that's going to happen, even though Stanford's not very good this year. Uh, but they need to find two more wins, and that might not even be enough because there's enough teams sort of on a track to become bowl eligible in a conference that six wins might not do it. So um, it, the numbers are getting difficult for Cal. Jeff Ferrato joined us, publisher of Cal Maven. He covers the Cal Bears. So, is this coaching staff, which before the injury seems to have things on an upswing, are they having a big recruiting year, even if this year doesn't work out in a north that looks really difficult? Is Cal about ready to take a, another step forward? They're recruiting okay. Yeah, they're not, you know, not going to have a recruiting year like, like USC and Oregon typically will have. Uh, they haven't done that so far. They, they pretty much recruit a diet of three-star guys and try to develop them and um, they've got um, a quarterback they just signed last week. They're, I think they're probably excited about. Um, but, you know, their issue next year will be that they lose or they're going to lose a lot of key guys on defense, including Evan Weaver, probably Cam Bynum, uh, who is a junior and probably will leave. Um, and so, you know, the defense is going to lose kind of the heart and soul of some of the guys that make it so good. Um, so they're going to have to be better on offense, and everybody knows that. Um, I figured if they could average 25 points a game this year, they'd be very good. But right now they're averaging 19 or 19.9, I think. Um, and the problem is not that they're averaging 19, is that right now that looks like their ceiling. You know, it doesn't look like anytime soon they're going to score 30. Uh, like you said, they haven't even they didn't even do that with Garbers. I think they're on their way to it at that point because they were starting to figure it out. Um, but now that you're down to your second or maybe third-string quarterback, that's just probably not realistic. Evan Weaver, well, I think he led the nation in tackles last year and is obviously doing very well as a linebacker. What makes him so good? Well, he's a guy who thinks he should make every tackle on every play. He's just got a motor that just keeps going. He's very aggressive. He's smart. He understands what they're look, what he's looking at. He he runs that defense and puts guys in position. Um, so he understands way more than just what his responsibility is. Um, he's a very good tackler. Uh, that goes without saying. I mean, when you get that many tackles. But he's just aggressive and has a sense that 
this is his responsibility. And, you know, he's had four games this year with 15 tackles or more, which is the most anybody in the country has. He's had two games with 20 or more. I don't think anybody else has done that. Um, you know, the other day he had, I think he had eight in the first quarter, and we're thinking he's going to get 30 tackles today. Um, and if he did that some game, I wouldn't be totally stunned because he just keeps playing. He's been fortunate to not be nicked up at all. He's been very healthy. Um, he's ta- learned to take care of himself and get his rest and take care of his body and let it recover. Because he did admit uh, after one of their games when he had 18 or 20 tackles, he was asked, you know, what's, what's your body feel like after you have that many collisions? And he says it's pretty sore the next day. Um, so I think, you know, the abuse that you take when you – have that many tackles is different than if you have five tackles. Um, but he has stayed healthy. He stayed productive. He's the one guy on that team you always know what you're going to get. Jeff Verrato joining us here, publisher of Cal Maven. He covers the Cal Bears. Uh, if you're handicapping the race right now, obviously it looks like Oregon is going to win the North. Do you think they're going to win the conference regardless of who they face? Oh, not necessarily. I, I think. I think Utah, I understand that Utah needs someone to beat USC, but I think that still can happen. USC's got some injury things cropping up. Um, I don't trust USC as being a consistent of a program at this point as, as Utah is. Um, <clears throat> I think an Oregon-Utah Pac-12 championship game would be tremendous. Um, those are two of the great defenses in the country. Oregon does have a lot of offense, but I think – you know Utah with Huntley and Moss, and uh, I think that'd be a great game. Um, so I'm sure that Utes fans out there are thinking, you know, they can still get to the Rose Bowl, and it's possible. I think that would be a fantastic game. You know, even before the injury, the offense hasn't been that productive, and they brought in Bo Baldwin from Eastern Washington, supposed to be all that. But it's been a multi multi year problem. What's the issue inherently that the offense can't really get going in a game where we see a lot of offense now with all the rules? Well, that's a great question. And there's a lot of Cal fans out there who are very frustrated because they went from Sunny Dykes where they could score at will, but they couldn't stop anything. And and now it's sort of flip-flopped. And you wonder, you know, is there a way that we could, you know, score 30 points in a game someday and and with the defense they have, could they, could they mix those two together? They don't need to be mutually exclusive, obviously. Um, you know, they've had injury problems, especially on the line. They're, they don't have the kind of depth that an established program has. You know, they didn't have a good talent level when they came in. Um, and, it, you know, when, you, when you're recruiting the level of guys that they generally get, which, are, like I said, those three-star guys, you know, and, and uh, you know, it only means so much. But what it really means is that, you're probably not getting ready-made players. You're getting guys you have to develop. Um, and I think they feel like they're on the path to developing some depth. And then all of a sudden they get decimated by a bunch of injuries on their line. And their first and second string quarterbacks get hurt in the same season. And it feels like every team in the league practically has had a quarterback injury this year. Um, and, you know, so uh, I think they're going to be patient with Baldwin. He is a good offensive coach. But they haven't been dynamic. They haven't been particularly creative a lot. Um, and some of that has to do with sort of what their manpower is. They went from in the Dykes era, they gave out like 15 scholarships to wideouts, and they were just loaded with talented wide receivers. And then they got to a point a year or so ago where they didn't feel like they had very many at all. And they started to build that up again. Um, 
But, you know, it's, it has certainly been a laborious work in progress to get this offense to be uh, even, you know, even halfway good. You know, as a whole, the Pac-12 needs to up its reputation nationally, and there's some things they can't control, time zones and all that. But winning big intersectional games is something maybe they can control. We see from Stanford and USC, who seem to want to play three tough games, to Arizona and Washington State, who don't want to play any tough games. Utah just puts it all on how good BYU is or isn't in any given year and then has two wins after that. But it seems like Utah's starting to change the way they're scheduled in the future. Cal seems to want to play one decent game. they got Ole Miss, TCU, and Auburn on the schedule, but never in the same year. Is that going to change, or is that pretty much who they are and that scheduling philosophy pretty consistent? Well, their philosophy has been to play, you know, one Power Five, one of the legit uh, FBS team, and then and then a third game. And I think that's sort of what, what they're doing. Um, I don't think you're going to see them play – uh, and you know, an SEC team, and in the same year they're playing a, a Big Ten school. Um, you know, I don't think Cal's scheduling model is a problem. I think you know, they're playing one pretty good team most years, and you're scheduling years out, so you really don't know how good Ole Miss is going to be. But it's an SEC team. They played them on the road and beat them. Um, at one point, that was probably the Pac-12's best win early in the year. Um, and, you know, and Ole Miss isn't real good, obviously. But, um, you know, I don't think they're going to get Alabama to play a home-and-home. You know, I'm not sure they're going to get LSU to do that. Um, The scheduling could be difficult, and and, uh, some of those schools just aren't coming out here. You know, they're just not doing it. Um, And so uh, I think their schedule model is is realistic and and for who they are and what they can get accomplished. And and it seems like it's representative. I mean, they're playing one team that's probably – pretty decent, you know, um, and then they're playing a, a middle-of-the-road FBS team, and then they're playing a game they know they're going to win. Uh, you know, Alabama plays two or three of those games every year. Jeff Ferrato, publisher of Cal Maven, covers the Cal Bears. Jeff, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for, uh, thanks for talking with us. Sure thing, guys. Take care. Have a good week.